Welcome to Business is Good, the podcast all about what it means to be in business in the 21st century. Small and medium-sized businesses are the lifeblood of the UK economy, and globally they can and will have a huge impact on society, the economy and how we live our lives. From technology disruption to reworking a solution to solve the world's biggest problem, Business is Good is a podcast about what it takes to be successful and how every business defines that in different ways. Business is no longer just about being defined by what you do, but it's about giving back and redefining the problems and how we solve them in a way that works for you. I'm your host, Caroline Sumners, and I'll be giving you weekly inspirational stories from business owners who are building business and solving problems. I'm Chris Blackwell. Uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Purpose-Led Performance. We provide consultancy and leadership development for purpose-driven organizations and organizations that want to grow quickly. Um, My background, I guess I'm best known for running businesses for the likes of Deloitte, uh, Capita, Maximus, uh, organizations that deliver services either to government or on behalf of government, and the businesses that I ran uh, became uh, number one in their markets uh, and were recognized uh, on seven different occasions as being amongst the top 100 companies to work for in the UK. Oh, wow. Um, and I guess as, as purpose-led performance, currently working with 10 senior leaders uh, from a range of organizations across the private and voluntary sector. And the focus really is uh, supporting and developing the performance of their organizations and their growth capabilities by putting purpose at the heart of their businesses. Um, And my big vision ultimately is I think as we move into the 2020s, all businesses and all organizations, so whether that's private, public or voluntary, need to wake up to the fact that actually being purpose-driven will uh, help you grow sustainably, it will engage your staff, and it will make you a higher performing business. And I think organizations that don't wake up to that uh, are not going to do as well. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you, by the way, about purpose-led. And actually, one of the reasons I started the podcast was because I wanted to bring that conversation about being purpose-led into the realms of smaller business, that it yeah. isn't just... It isn't just for big companies with big budgets and all of that. Yeah. Now, of course, you're working with probably larger organizations, but I think I agree with you that businesses, however big or small, they need to be thinking about what their, pur- what their deeper purpose is yes. and how it affects recruitment, how it affects um, their customers, and ultimately will affect their long-term success. And we can all do little things in little ways, I yeah. think, can't we? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so what got you in? What got you into thinking? Okay, I'm going to start a purpose-led business. I mean, obviously um, you're passionate about it, but yeah. was it like a long period of thinking about it, or is it just like, okay, this is something that really needs to happen? Um, so, so really, I guess it comes from my career history. So, I spent. Um, close to 14 years working in two organizations that were purpose-driven. Um, and uh, I think because they were purpose-driven, were incredibly successful. 
Um, and you know, and that goes back to I started with one back in 2003. And it wasn't until I actually left the second of those organizations and moved into a new job um, that I realized that wasn't the norm. Um, yeah. and, okay. <laughs> um, and it's taken, so uh, over the last four years, I've worked in two organizations that weren't purpose-driven uh, big organizations who ostensibly are quite successful uh, on the surface. And um, I found um, it, it wasn't that actually it was that their lack of purpose was immediately apparent. Actually, it was much more practical things. Um, they, uh, there, was, there was more infighting. Um, there was less uh, accountability for people within the business. People were less engaged. Uh, the financial performance of those businesses was worse. The way they dealt their, with their customers was very short-termist. Um, and so I've had a journey over the last four years um, of experiencing this. And uh, I guess one day I woke up and thought, ah, uh, what I experienced over the early part of my career is not the norm. This is the norm. Uh, and this is, this is really uh, dysfunctional. It's bad for the customers. It's bad for the employees. It's bad for the organizations themselves. And uh, I think I've got a few thoughts on practically um, what organizations can do to be better. And it is round about putting purpose at the heart of their organization. So, so I've been on a little bit of a journey and it really took experiencing things happening badly um, to reflect on the positive experiences that I'd had and what had made them exceptional. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So um, do you find that, uh, so, uh, so how long have you been running your, it's purpose-led performance, your business, perhaps? So uh, how long have you been doing that? Since April. I think it's relatively new, right? It is, yeah, yeah, six months. So what, okay, so what have you found um, as you're having the conversations around purpose-led businesses? Have you found that an easy conversation to have, getting easier, or are people just like looking at you as if you've gone slightly crazy? Um, I think with, with the clients, I think the hook actually is, so I think when you speak to people, people sort of say, well, that, that would be nice. That would be nice to have. Um, and the hooks often are not necessarily, you know, we'd like to be purpose driven, but we don't have time or, you know, we don't have the big budgets behind us or it's just not practical. And actually, the hooks for me is sort of saying, well, what do you want to achieve with your organization? What are your focuses? And then turn into conversation to actually the solution to a lot of your issues is getting clearer about your purpose. And so, mm. so it's a very practical conversation. And I guess I come from an angle um, where, you know, purpose shouldn't be esoteric. It's relevant to everyone. It shouldn't be theoretical. It's incredibly practical. And it's not a nice to have. For me, it's essential. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people see big organizations talking about purpose and they think it's about PR or they think it's about recruiting Gen Z. Um, and they sort of think it's not really relevant to my everyday business issues, which are critical now. Um, and actually where the hook is, is, is sort of, you know, it's more in asking the questions and helping people to understand um, where some of their issues are and actually how getting back to basics. And so, so for me, I always start is what's the, what's the definition of purpose? And purpose is yeah. the reason that you exist. 
And so for uh, an organization, what I would observe is many organizations have either forgotten that or lost sight of it, um, or it may never have even existed. Uh, yeah. And so, so where the hook really is, is more sort of talking about this isn't, uh, this isn't some esoteric and this isn't about PR. This is just about how to make your business run more successfully, have more engaged staff and happier customers and ultimately to achieve, you know, successful business metrics. So high performance, high growth, high quality. Yeah. So I, I think you're totally right. I think it, it's so easy to lose sight, especially if your business has been going a, a, you know, a number of years. Yeah. I think it's really, really easy to lose sight of your purpose, isn't yeah. it? Because it you is. get caught up in the day-to-day of paying the bills and, you know, whether you've got staff or all sorts of things. So I think it is really easy to lose sight of it. And I think the fact that you're saying everything starts from that, I think it's just such a helpful lesson to us all. I guess, I guess something that, I, I don't know if you find this, do you find that some people sort of like are... Do you think there's a problem that some business, maybe bigger businesses, are kind of trying to do it as a PR stunt, though, and there isn't uh, there isn't that actual deep-seated work behind it? But it's like, oh, you know, there's a strong environmental message, so we need to do something about that. Do you yeah. think that there's a bit of a, a shift towards that? And how do we stop that from happening so it doesn't kind of get whitewashed and we don't get to the, the heart of it? Um, it's a really good question and it's something that I've, I've kind of thought about. Um, you know, so is it a bad thing that bigger organisations um, are, are on the surface starting to talk about purpose and social impact? I think on balance, probably not. Um, because I think it's getting it out there. They've got big platforms and big voices. Um, for me, are they going to get the impact that they want at a deep level within the organization? I'm not sure because I think part of, you know, if you're, if you're going to be purpose driven, it's, it's about being authentic. Um, you know, so what really matters to you? So why do you exist and why does it, is it matter? So if an organization um, exists to do one thing and then they start to talk about something as being really important, which is, you know, directly contradictory, then I think people will see through it. Customers will see through it. Their staff will see through it. They won't get the traction mm. that comes with that. Um, but I think generally, I think it's a positive trend. Um, yeah. and I think, you know, your point earlier about smaller organizations, I actually think it's easier for smaller organizations and, to, to be clearer about what they're about. Uh, and that's, yeah. you know, that's really what purpose driven should be is about in the, at the heart of it, having clarity about, uh, why you exist. And then, you know, from that, that then, you know, I always talk about being purpose driven provides three things. It provides clarity. Uh, so you know what you're there to do. It provides alignment throughout your organization. Um, and then it can provide, uh, motivation. So if you recruit people that align with your purpose um, and they buy into it because you're really clear about it, uh, then actually that's what really sparks kind of high performance and growth because people, you know, there's lots of uh, stats out there about 
you know, I think it's something ridiculous, like 15% of people or 20% of people are actually satisfied at work. Um, I know, it's depressingly low, isn't it? It is, it is depressingly low. And, it, it, it's, <laughs> and, I, and I think it's, it's a great failing both for individuals and for organisations because what a waste. How much time do we spend at work? And actually, I yeah, and I, and I guess my background is from running bigger organisations with lots of people. It makes such a difference when people are motivated, when they believe in what you are, you're doing, they believe in both the purpose, but they believe then in the goals that relate to that purpose, then, then you get amazing results. And, you know, if 80% of people or 85% of people are disaffected at work, then, you know, no wonder we've got a productivity problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, precisely. Precisely. Um, so is there, obviously, you know, you work with organizations on a sort of like long-term program, or I guess how many yeah. on a program, but is there some simple steps that you think that businesses could sort of start to think about? If someone's listening and think, I really want to go, I, 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 you know, this sounds really something that I I want to do. Yeah. Um, is there some simple steps that, that, that they should start with and how should yeah, they the, 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 redefining their purpose? Yeah. There's some really practical stuff that you can do. And I guess the first thing we would say with those practical steps is, you know, don't lock yourself in a room by yourself or just do it as a senior leader. Actually, it's really useful, no matter the size of the organization, have it as a conversation with the people within your organization. Mm. Um, you know, and, you know, some very practical things you can do in sessions, you know, in team meetings or whatever. You know, so the first thing is asking people to reflect, you know, what, what is the reason for our organization's existence? And it can, that can sound a little bit esoteric, but, you know, what are we here to do? Who are our customers and what do we do for them? What are we serving them with? I think mm. the other, uh, a very practical question and exercise that you can do as well with people is... Um, again, doing this with teams of people, asking them the question, you know, when do you feel proudest at work? And when are we as an organization? And when are you within your role? When do you think we're doing our best? Because often there's a really strong alignment there um, to, to what the purpose of the organization is. Um, yeah, I love that. That's a really good, really good thing to ask. Yeah. And it's actually very motivating for people because what you tend to find is, and again, going back to that statistic of 80% of people or, or what, you know, uh, being dissatisfied at work. Um, in every organization, there are moments within the week when people get lit up because they're doing what they're doing a good job for their customers. They're doing what they're there to do. Um, and the problem is those moments are too few and far between. It's a really good starting point to get people to reflect on that because actually then that helps people to start to distill, all right, so why, why is that good? Why did we feel, why are we doing our best in that moment? Why did we feel good about it? Why are we making our customers happy about it? And then, um, and then you can kind of ask the reverse question. You know, so so yeah, either you could ask, well, why are we not having more of that? Or when are the occasions... Uh, that we feel that we're not doing what we should be doing or we feel that we're not doing a great job or we feel that we're not doing great by our customers. Um, because it really, that brings into sharp focus, and particularly if you're the person who leads the organization and the team, it really brings into sharp focus um, 
for you. Okay, when are we doing good? When are we not doing so good? And, and how, what is that balance? And typically that balance is, you know, a few bright moments and a lot of, oh, we're not really doing what we should be doing or we're not, we're not being true to who, who we are. Yeah. So do you find that doing that exercise, that that helps businesses not only redefine their purpose, but to a degree redefines services and products and whatever it is that they actually do as a business? Have, have you seen that happen? That they've sort yeah, of thought, right, think- well, you know, we... We're not doing good when we're not doing the best that we can do when we do then. So why are we even doing that? And what purpose does it serve within the business? Does it does it lead on to those kind of discussions? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a lot of the time. So so we have um, we have a, a five step model for long term business success that we use with our clients, and yeah. so we say that the foundations are, are purpose, culture, and people. Um, and the three are interrelated, but not the same. So we would always say you start with purpose first. Be clear about the reason for your organization's existence uh, and what that means. What do you do? Who are your customers? Who are you serving? Um, then your people, we would always recommend that actually recruit people who align with your purpose, um, yeah. who share the value set, who want to make that happen. And it can be quite pragmatic. I mean, if you're a bike maker and your purpose is making the best bikes in, you know, in the world uh, to, to ride, then recruit people who really that's what they're passionate about. Um, and that yeah. helps create the culture. So that kind of sits at the heart, and we call that the foundation. Um, but then that should influence everything that you do in your organization. And so we talk to organizations about how to be successful. And so actually your first step is your strategy and your strategy should be informed by your purpose. And so actually once you're clear on your purpose, then either review your strategy or restart your strategy. And again, in the absence of clarity about purpose, what you find is organizations tend to start to do stuff that really doesn't align with their purpose. And this isn't just about for profit organizations. You see this a lot in the voluntary sector as well. Oh, okay. Um, so you wouldn't think that. You'd think they were so focused on their on their purpose that that wouldn't happen. But yeah, I, I actually think it, it. You would. I think the natural assumption is the voluntary sector have got it nailed in terms of purpose. Yeah. But actually, in the same way as within you know private businesses for profit businesses. The focus gets very much caught up on the day-to-day within the voluntary sector. Funding mm. is king. And you know, it's a very yeah. tough environment out there for charities at the moment. It's tough for fundraising. It's tough for those that deliver services to government. And so what you often find is there is kind of a drift that happens. So it's not something that happens overnight, but you know, an organization thinks, well, this has come along. It's kind of similar to what we do. Let's do this. And then the next thing comes along, which is similar to the thing they've just started to do, which is a step away from what they were really there to do. And then yeah. over time, they just slowly drift and they end up doing something that is either completely separate from their purpose or often it's just expedience. It's mm. losing this money over here. We need to replace it with some money over here. Um, so, 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 yeah, so, so no matter, you know, at, both voluntary sector and public sector intuitively people think oh those organizations are almost by definition purpose driven but actually mm. equally so as private and for-profit businesses they equally 
get the benefit from rediscovering what their purpose is and what that means. Yeah, no, that's fascinating. Um, regular listeners to the podcast will know that I have a miniature schnauzer. This is related to what you're talking about. Yep. And I fundraise for what is going to be, they're just registered as a charity. It's called yep. Schnau- Schnauzer Fest. And we had a previous guest on who, who does um, fundraising for them as well. Yep. But what you were talking about with coming back to purpose is this uh, charity, they're just, just in the process of registering as a charity. It just started as a fundraising thing about five years ago. And there are about, I think, over £250,000 raised in five yep. years from basically hosting bit it's more than dog walks but the whole purpose is around um supporting dogs and a particular rescue of dogs that come out of puppy farms so it's all about um uh, educating on puppy farms and the lady that started the charity is called a lady called Janetta harvey and she talks all the time about staying true to the, what Schnauzer Fest is about, what yeah. their purpose is about, because she gets asked all the time to do, oh, what about this? What about that? And it's congruent, but it's yeah. not what it's about. And, and, and for me, she's someone that says all the time, no, our purpose is this. Yeah. We must stick to this. And I think it's really hard to do, like you say. It is really hard to do. Because you, you get caught up in, oh, yes, that, that could work. And, and it, so that's a really difficult thing to maintain. And to be honest, also as a private business, I had a bit of a, a situation last year where, you know, I probably did almost do that. What do I love doing? And what do I, what am I best doing? And what am I not at my best doing? And it basically ended up in a situation where earlier this year, I pretty much fired all my clients because yeah. <laughs> I wasn't, I was I had so drifted so far from what I had originally intended my business to be that I was miserable. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, if you're going to go into this world of entrepreneurship and, and being self-employed, you've got to enjoy it, right? Yeah, Otherwise, absolutely. I'm part of that 20%. Yeah, and yeah. I'm working for myself. So. <laughs> you can't even blame the boss. No. So what's that all about? So it, but it is really hard because you have to make some tough decisions. So, yeah. um, But I think a lot of it is, like you say, about being really truthful. And I think sometimes that's the hard part, isn't it? Yeah. About doing that truthful piece. Yeah. And, and that's why actually it's a very practical thing to do because yeah. um, if you talk about it and it becomes the foundation that of your organization, then what it does is it gives you something always to reference back to. Because I think yeah. that's the issue is that lots of organizations, like virtually all organizations are purpose-driven at inception, but yeah. very few talk about it explicitly. And it's the absence of it being explicitly talked about within your organization that allows things to drift. And so, again, very practically, once you have a purpose, then you should talk about it all the time. And it should turn through everything that exists within your organization because actually you've got to constantly refresh and remember what it is that you're there to do. Um, Yeah. And, you know, having a clear language that everybody speaks, you know, um, and, you know, and, and there's organizations been doing this for years and years and years, long before it's, it's become mm. kind of the Zeitgeist like it is now. 
but yeah, it's just that clarity. Um, make it explicit. Create a language about it. Refer everything back to it. Make sure that it runs through your organization. So, you know, then it's mm. reflected in your strategy. It's reflected in your business plans. It's ref- reflected in your performance systems. Uh, it's reflected in the things that you value and reward um, within your organization. Then you're constantly reminding no matter how small or big you are as an organization, it's a constant reminder, this is what we're here to do. Um, yeah. And it kind of really does then act as a, as a guiding principle for how you run yeah. the business. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot a bit. Is there, I won't ask for bad examples of people not doing it because we yeah, don't yeah. want to name and shame. But have you got any examples of companies that you know people might know that are doing a really good job of being purpose-led who you um, admire as well a bit. yeah so so there's um I'll, I'll give an example actually there's somebody that uh, lots of people won't know but they're doing lots of work to uh educate and promote uh for uh roundabout uh organizations that are doing this so uh, i don't know if you've come across uh a company called corporate rebels I have not, but I'm intrigued, and I will so, be looking them up immediately. <laughs> I, I, I think they're Dutch originally. They're Dutch or Scandinavian, um, but they're, they're a couple of guys um, who did corporate jobs uh, and then decided to rebel, hence the, the phrase corporate rebels. And, and the they're, they're, they're on a mission to go out and visit organisations um, that are doing it the right way and so they do features on all of these amazing organizations who who are uh purpose-driven um and you know they're pretty radical so it's not just that they have a i think it's an eight-step sort of manifesto and being purpose-driven is number one um but they're all about for example companies being self-managed you know kind of getting rid of years of management and so some stuff which is some of stuff's quite radical and far out and you know having led organizations i read stuff and i'm intrigued by it but i'm not sure i'd have the bravery to do uh the full yeah. thing they do um yeah. but they talk a lot of, about a lot of the brands who are doing it really really well uh, for, for me my my personal example and again it's not an organization that many uh will know much about um but actually it's the organization that that i worked for for 10 years um, is a really good example of a purpose-driven organization um, and, and how it can be so so powerful. So if it's okay with you, maybe I, I'll just share a few details. Yeah, of that. yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. There's a company called Ingius, um, and uh, they were originally an Australian company. Uh, they were set up by a lady called Therese Rain back in, in 1989, uh, and they originally started off, it was just her, and she had a little office above a shoe shop. Uh, in Brisbane, in Australia, and her background, right. psychologist, and she was supporting uh, people to go back to work after injuries uh, and was focused on, on their rehabilitation. Um, and I met Therese in 2002. I started work for her company. they just moved into the UK. I got a frontline employment advisor role. Um, and then uh, I worked there for 10 years and ended up being the, the deputy chief exec of the, the UK business. Um, but Therese's story was really interesting because she was inspired to do what she did and she started the business uh, because of her father and the experiences that he'd had. So he'd been a pilot in the Second World War. 
he'd been his plane had crashed and uh, he'd ended up in a wheelchair. Uh, right. Come back to Australia. Yeah. He was a young man. Uh, come back to Australia after the war uh, and was pretty much told, "Okay, that's it. Your life's over. You know, you're not going to get a job. You can't go to university. Just just take your disability pension and that's it." And that's you know that that was you know, for people with disabilities. That's kind of how things were in the late forties, early fifties. Uh, not just yeah. the rest of the world, but um, you know, he he didn't stand for that he didn't accept that and he ended up you know going to university to study as an aeronautical engineer you know he had to get carried to classes because the the, the buildings weren't suitable um, for, for people and so you know he was a really inspirational character and it really had quite a big impact on Therese and so when she started her business she was very focused on you know actually everybody can work and work's really important for people and it, you know t- tied it back to, to her father's example um, uh, Indius grew to be, uh, I think, globally delivering services in about 12 countries, the largest in the UK. They were at one point uh, one of the largest in Australia, in France, Germany, Switzerland, Sweden. And actually, purpose was always at the heart of it because as an organization, Indius was there to help people get jobs and to help those who other people thought couldn't work to help those people mm. and it ran right through uh, the organization right from being a single woman operation above a shoe shop in brisbane to being a multinational in uh you know 10 plus countries um you know hundreds of millions of pounds of dollars revenue but it was always true to that purpose and that yeah. was what really fired the performance and the growth of the organization and it made it a really special place to work um and so, you know, and again, I just thought that was normal. My first proper grown-up job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. There, um, and I spent 10 years there. And, it, and it, it's almost cult-like when you work at a place like that because it's so powerful, everybody believes in it. And not cult-like in a bad way, but in the true meaning of cult. Mm. Like actually, everybody really buys in. And sh- you know, there's a very shared, you know, shared vision, shared value, shared alignment. And everybody was just so passionate about working there. Um, yeah. and again so it's, it's probably not a well-known because what they did was relatively niche so although on the you know they, they no, but it's a good example i think and, and gives people kind of like an, an idea of the types of things you know types of companies to look at and i like the i, I like the example of corporate rebels i'll, I'll take a look at yeah, that they're definitely well. worth checking out and and so because they do a lot of the legwork of, of doing all you know show, showcasing a lot of the fantastic stuff that's out there that's brilliant. Um, so I've got one final question. At the beginning, you said that you, you believe that like, as we go into the 2020s, it's going to be sort of pretty much the businesses that are successful will be those that are purpose-led. Why do you think that's so important, aside from the fact that we're living in a different environment now where it is about purpose, but particularly why, why, why do you think that someone should care, should care about it beyond what you've already told them, really? Um, I, again, I, for me, I kind of bring it back to, to being quite practical. Um, yeah. So my, my view is when you look at really high-performing organizations historically, when you scratch underneath the surface, then actually historically very high-performing organizations are purpose-driven. You know, they do yeah. have clarity, they've got alignment, they've got passion amongst their workforce. Um, the reason I think it's going to be get even increasingly important, particularly for existing established businesses, 
So, so my emerging view is that a lot of organizations um, have continued to do okay um, in, even though they're not purpose-driven um, is, is because there, there have been barriers to entry to competitors coming in to compete against them. Um, yeah. Because, you know, typically established organizations, you know, they're known um, or historically at least they've been known. Um, they've had uh, access to money to do expensive things like develop websites and invest in marketing and all of these different things. But actually what's happening with has technology changes and moves, moves on, the barriers to entry to new organizations are lowering. And so actually, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, I remember we got a website developed and it cost us you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds. But actually, you can stand up a really good website that looks as good as you know, one that 10 years ago was hundreds of thousands of pounds for a couple of grand. You can get you know, CRM yeah. systems, which again, used to cost you hundreds of thousands of pounds. You can get one for 50 quid a month. So actually, what I think is going to happen is there's just going to be a lot more competition because the barriers to entry to markets are dropping. Um, and also just the changing nature of the workforce. A lot more people are going independent and becoming freelancers. And that used to be a barrier. You couldn't get access to talent because the talent was all tied up in the established organizations. But that's yeah. changing now. Yeah, yeah. So actually, the advantage, those advantages are disappearing. And those new organizations coming in who are entering the markets, if they're delivering a better service, if they're a better place to work for their workforce, and actually they're going to have lower overhead so they can do it more cost-effectively, they're going to take um, the business from those established players. And so for me, it's a very practical consideration for organizations, which is the competition is going to get a, a lot, lot tougher. And you know, if you don't have clarity about what you do, if you don't have alignment within your organization and you don't have a passionate workforce who are focused on helping you achieve your goals, you're going to get overtaken. Yeah, I mean, I think if you, I, I totally agree with you. And I think even if you think of yourself as a consumer, right, you vote with your feet now. Yeah, so absolutely. if you don't, if you get service that you, you don't particularly like, or there's something about the business that you don't particularly like, um, you, or you don't agree, you know, with, with the way they're, they're going about things, you, there's so much more choice that you can just go and find it with someone else that you do align with. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, I, and you do that all the time. I mean, where I live in Portsmouth, we've got a lot of, thankfully, we've got a lot of independent small businesses, yeah. um, coffee shops, things like that. We've also got a fantastic, lovely, shiny outlet shopping mall at Gunwolf Keys. Yeah. But none of that is independent businesses. And I make a point that... You know, especially to come up to Christmas, you've got to go with those people that've got your shared, you know, your shared beliefs and shared yeah. passion, and and you know, and so I think you've you've got so much choice that it's possible. So I think yeah, there's this double edge: the barriers to entry yeah. plus the choice plus everything. I think yeah. is coming to this point. So I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and the other thing is, is when when you get a bad thing now. <laughs> It isn't just, you know, if you have a bad experience, it's not just your circle of friends who gets to hear about that. You yeah. Know, we're so much more interconnected these days and people have got thousands of followers on Twitter and yeah. 
Facebook, you know, and then yeah. it just go so rapidly around the world or around kind of consumer uh, bases that you know, organizations yeah. really do. It's not, it's, you can't be, you know, it's not, you can't get away with being crap anymore. Uh, it's a bit, a bit of a rubbish <laughs> way of saying it, but uh, yeah, that is the genuine. Well, uh, I, I think that's where the world I is. I think going. you're totally right. And, it, and it's probably, that's probably a good place to end because yeah. that's going to be the quote <laughs> that makes the beginning. Yeah. You can't get away with being crap anymore. And you're totally right because you just, why are you going to give your money to someone? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I have got my uh, personal bank account with Monzo and, and you know customer service everything that they do is around their purpose of simplifying the whole sort of banking experience and you know you've only got to see the phenomenal growth that they've had as to why people find that so compelling so um yeah uh yeah no no business you can't be crap anymore yeah end of story (laughs) (laughs) brilliant oh well thank you um Chris, I really, really appreciate your time. That's okay. Actually I really enjoyed the conversation. Subject. And um, thank you very much. I loved talking to Chris, as you could probably tell. And um, I think some of those ideas that he had, just those really simple questions about how to find your purpose if you're struggling um, around when are you at your best or when are we not at our best are two of the most important and simple questions I think we can all ask. Um, And for sure, as I said to Chris in the interview, I definitely found myself doing that earlier this year. So I can speak from experience in that that is definitely some hard but really important questions to ask yourself. So um, that's actually going to be the last episode of this series I almost said season and then it was like, no, it's series. I'm English. So that um, this episode with Chris is going to be the last episode of this series. Going to be back in the new year. And whilst this year we focused on, or this series, I focused on um, stories of modern business in this Business for Good podcast. Um, Next series, we're going to talk about how to build a modern business. So we're going to have all sorts of tips and um, information and speak to loads of different people in different sectors about um, tools, techniques, resources, um, and ways to think about promoting building and growing your business. So um, I'm going to do a wrap-up episode um, in the next week or so of this series. But otherwise, thanks for tuning in this series and see you in 2020.